Hello and welcome to Journey Church North County. We appreciate you joining us through this podcast. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at journeynorthcounty.org. Thank you once again for joining us and enjoy the message. You search me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I far. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. I feel like when I'm lost, I, I, I have an A-type personality. Some of you may relate to this. When, you, when, you're, when you're sometimes too A-type, you want to solve problems. Like, that's, that's kind of your goal. You, if there's a problem, you are the fixer. You're the solver. You want to put yourself in that position to solve it. And so, so I do that a lot. I put myself in a position where I want to solve the problem. There's an issue. Even like when we have like weird stuff in our church, I want, to, I want to be the one to solve it, even when sometimes other people could solve it better. So I want to fix it. I want to solve it. Maybe that's where you're at as well. But I do it in the context of I think I'm the best person to do that. And I forget when I lose my identity, when I forget who I am, when I forget that I'm rooted in Jesus first, I forget that there's a person in this world who knows me better than me. That, that when I go to God, he knows my thoughts. He knows the purpose behind my thoughts. He knows the meanings behind my thoughts. He knows when I stand up, when I sit down, he knows the words that are going to come out of my mouth before it happens. He knows me better than me. And I often don't trust the one who made me to take care of things in my life. It's because I forget who I am. The great thing about being a Jesus follower, there's a lot of great things, but the, the thing I love the most, I think, about being a Jesus follower is I have hope. I have a purpose. I have somewhere to turn to when things are bad, when things are wrong. Prayer isn't just one of those things that you check off a box and, okay, my prayer life's good today. Prayer is hope. Prayer is saying, I don't have this under control and I'm giving this over to you because I can't handle this. I can't do this. That's why God loves to hear us pray. It's because it's an admission of us not being able to do it, of us not being able to figure it out, and you're giving it over to the only one who can. So if you ever feel lost, you need to talk to the one who understands you the best. He knows you. He knows your thoughts. He knows your feelings. The great thing is, is he takes those thoughts, and he applies his own grace and his own mercy to that, He's not condemning you. He loves you and he's trying to help you. Verse five says this, you hem me in behind and before and you lay your head upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. There's this term in psychology and it's called mindfulness. You probably heard it before. Mindfulness, it's, it's basically that, that you're very aware. You're very aware of your emotions. You're aware of your surroundings, in fact, often sometimes when we go and we meet with a counselor, they're often bringing things out in us and talking to us about things that we haven't really thought about as much or we've kind of suppressed for a while. Mindfulness is, is the ability to kind of bring those back and be very aware, very present where we're at. And so often we, we lose our mindfulness. We kind of go through the habits of our day. 90% of everything you do is a habit. Right, you know that? So, so the day that you go through, the stuff that you do, 90% is already preordained. Your Monday, tomorrow, 90% is already structured. It's ready to go. 
And so sometimes what happens is when we're not mindful of our relationship with God, when we're not mindful of prayer, we go through multiple days uh, completely apart from God. I know that, um, that God can see my past. He can see the things I'm ashamed of, that God can see my fears. I think sometimes when we look for a partner, so maybe you have a best friend or you have a, a husband or a wife or someone you're dating, we look for them to fill in the gaps that we have, right? Sometimes the hardest year of your marriage, it was for my wife and I, We've had a couple of hard years, but um, we all good. It's good. Uh, but with a couple of hard years of our marriage was like early on. It's because we, we're like gap fillers for each other. We think that kind of when we get married, they're going to help fill in those gaps that we have in our life. And I know that like when Kate and I would get in our arguments, like she would say something like, I know you're thinking this. And I'm like, I wasn't thinking that. And I'm like, but you said this. And she's like, I didn't say that. And so we're like putting these things on each other. We're like arguing against their fake selves, right? It's not even what they said or whatever they're thinking. We're like arguing against a second Kate or a second Cody. That's not even real, right? Because we want them to be like the thing that fills in our gaps, that fills in our holes. And all of a sudden we find that, that instead of our identity being in God, we put our identity in each other. Right? I'm getting married so that, so that they'll fill in my gaps so that my identity is now my marriage or, or having our first child or having this relationship or having a best friend. We've transferred our identity from being a Jesus follower to having someone else to be a gap filler for us. Uh, we have these things called um, Alexa and Google Home. You might have it. Some of you are terrified of these things, right? Because you're like, I know the government's listening to everything I'm saying. I know they're marking it. I know they're tracking it. I'll, let me just tell you something. They don't care that much about you. I'm just going to be real. Maybe one day, like, if you decide to, like, rob a major bank, okay, they care about you. But I, most of our lives, I don't think they care that much about. But we're terrified of these things. I don't know if we're terrified as much as they can hear us as we are about their intentions with the information that they're getting. Right, like, like we feel like they can hear us, but we're afraid of, of okay, what would you do with, like, you have this information about me now. What would you do with that? And here's what I love about my God. He hears everything. He knows everything. He's always present, but his intentions are pure. He is for you. That he loves you. That when you, when you have your biggest fears, or the, the, your biggest shames, the, the hardest things you've ever gone through, and it scared you to death that someone else knows about that, there's mercy for that. And the great thing is it renews every day. So when you mess up today, God knows, and there's mercy for that. And as well as his mercy, he comes along with this wave of grace that says, okay, I'm with you through it. Let's get you back up. Let's pick you back up again. He has all that information. He hears your conversations. He knows the words on your lips before you say them. And yet he applies grace to it and says, it's okay. I'm going to walk with you through it. But I need us to have a relationship. I need you to talk to me about it. Prayer is taking the things that I can control and giving them to the one who can actually control stuff. All right? And giving them over to God. So it says he, he's hemmed me in. He's put me in a position. 
He's given me a position in life. Whether it's in your job or your status or in our Instagram age, we all kind of want a position. But your, your position isn't ever going to be popularity. Your position is purpose when you're a Jesus follower. It's purpose. It's not what you're doing. It's why are you doing it? Are you doing everything according to God? Whatever job you're in, are you working that according to being a Jesus follower? It's not about being popular. It's about having a purpose. We live in a culture that says you should be set apart. You should be different. But the truth is you already are. Jesus has made you different. We get stuck, I think, sometimes. This is me. So, so hear me. When I, when, I, when I preach sermons, I'm preaching it to myself first, and that kind of gets filtered out to you, right? So it's like self-help, and I'm just kind of talking to you a little bit. I mean, we get, we get so caught up, though, I think, looking at other people's trees that we forget the seed that's been planted in us. We're like, man, this guy's great at this, and I wish I could do that. This guy's great at this. I wish I could be like that. This guy has all these followers. That would be cool. But God's planted a unique seed in you that's like no one else. We're trying to be set apart and different, but God's already made you that way. It's that sometimes you're not exploring what that is. You're not asking God, use me in the way that you've created me. So you, maybe just because you haven't figured that out yet doesn't mean that God's not going to use you in a big way. You might be in that valley right now. You might not know exactly who you are, but God has a plan for you. He wants you to talk to him when you're in that valley. Position is about how other people see you. But purpose is about how God created you. Position is man-made. Purpose is from God. We were, uh, if you're here, you're part of what we call a church plant. A church plant just means it's a new church. Usually a church plant is characterized by a church that's five years old or less. So when you're in that five-year range, you're a church plant. Um, when you hit year six, congratulations, you're a church tree, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, but that's what you are. You're a church plant in the five, first five years. This is not the first church plant I've been a part of, but it's the first one that actually did anything because I was in a valley season the first time I planted a church. It was a, a pretty low point for me. It was because, this was about eight or nine years ago, we, we started the first church in Sacramento. It was because at the time, I was really concerned about position. See, when you plant a church, it's hard because you, you have to get people behind you. You have to get resources. You have to get some people supporting you financially. You have people praying for you. So when you start this whole thing, everybody knows about it in your life, right? Everyone knows you're, you're planting a church. So when it doesn't work out, everyone knows about that as well. So you've just become a failure in front of everyone that supported you. And I was in a valley season because I was concerned about how people felt about me. I was concerned about position. And God had to remind me that there's a greater purpose. There's a greater purpose behind all that. It's not about that position that I was worried about. I had to go back to the why. God, why do you want me to start a church? And we came back and we got to Oceanside and Carlsbad and we said, okay, we want to reach North County. We want to meet people in their journey, no matter where that's at. And we want to introduce them to the love of Jesus. That's why. 
when we got back to the why, the position didn't matter anymore. Position without purpose is a Lamborghini with no gas in it. It looks sweet on the outside, but when you don't know your why, when, when, when your what is disconnected from God, it doesn't matter. There's no gas. Verse 7. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. There's a word uh, that we use in like theological circles, and it's used in other places as well, but it's called omnipresence. It's omnipresent, right? If, you're, if, if God is omnipresent, it means he is everywhere. It's why it's sometimes weird when, and I, I did this this morning, so I'm blaming myself, but it's weird when we sometimes like ask for God's presence to be in a place, like he's there, right? If he's omnipresent, he's there, right? So sometimes like we want him to like to feel him more maybe, or like we want like him to affect people more, like that kind of, like, that makes sense, but he's there, okay, so he's omnipresent, he's everywhere, he's in this place, he'll be with you when you leave, he's there, he's omnipresent, he's everywhere. I'm just glad, it says that, that he's with us in our depths, I'm so glad that God is omnipresent, that he's with me when I'm dumb. <laughs> I might appreciate that more than anything, there's so many times in life where God has saved me from myself, right? And the, the closer you're walking with God, the more he's going to save you from yourself. He'll let you fall sometimes, but even when he lets you fall, it's for a purpose. Because he's going to build you back up again. So that may be you, but you may be in a place right now where you feel like you're really disconnected. You're far from God. God doesn't waste your weight. There's a purpose for where you're at right now, and he'll use you again. He will use you again. He sees you at your heights. He's with you in your depths. There's a guy that you may have heard of in the Bible. His name is Jonah. God told him to do something. Jonah said, nope, not going to do that. And he runs away, right? And uh, something happens to him that happens to all of us when we run from God. He gets swallowed by a well. If you haven't been swallowed by a well yet, just wait. It's going to happen. So he gets swallowed by a well, and he's in the belly of the well for three days. He realizes how dumb he's been, which you probably are going to do when you're in the belly of a well for three days. And then he gets spit out onto shore. The Bible says big fish. It's probably a well. He gets spit back onto shore. He goes and, and follows and does what God tells him to do. God was with him when he told him what to do, but God was omnipresent in the belly of a well. There's another guy, we call him the prodigal son. He ran away. He, he asked for all of the things that were due to him from his father. He, he took all this clump of riches and he wasted it, right? You know the story. He wasted all the riches. He goes back and his father is there and you would think that he would be angry, but instead his father welcomes him home with open arms. He says, man, you need to kill the fatted calf. You need to put the nice ring on his finger. We need to put the robe around him. We're going to have a party for my son who has returned. The brother who's the logical one says, no, 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 no. I've done everything you've asked me to do. 
and you haven't thrown a party for me, man, I'm so glad that God welcomes us back. I'm so glad that he's omnipresent. He's there with us in our depths. Because when you've wasted everything, when you're at the bottom of your life and you would rather be a servant or dead, God is there with open arms, with a ring and a robe. And he's waiting to welcome you back. And for the rest of the world, that's not going to make any sense because all the brothers are going to look like, wait a minute, this guy doesn't deserve anything. He hasn't done anything to deserve anything he's getting. And then God with his grace and mercy comes in and says, it doesn't matter. That's not how this works. He's there with open arms in our depths. He's there with open arms and we're doing good. He is our purpose. Verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. There was purpose to your life before you even understood what position was. Before you understood that you needed to be somebody, there was purpose put to your life. God had a purpose for you when he knit you together. When you and your mother's womb, there was a purpose put in your life, and he knew everything that would happen before it happened. Here's the other thing about an knowing omnipresent God. He's not surprised. You haven't done anything that surprises God, but he's there for you nonetheless. Verse 17, how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I am awake, I am still with you. Man, when I, when I think, we're, we're going we're to sing a song in a second. The, the song is simply titled Jesus. When I think about the purpose of my life, the source of everything inside of me, the reason why I'm knit together, it's Jesus. The other stuff, the positional stuff, is byproduct. The more Jesus uses me, the more he can put me in high positions. But, but God is a position maker, not you. He's the one that's going to put you in, in certain positions in your life. He's the one that's going to do that. So if you're searching, if you don't know who you are, it's simply coming back to this statement. It's about the source, not the search. It's about the source, not the search. He's the purpose. He's the reason. He knit you together. He knew what you were going to say. He's omnipresent. He's with you. If you messed up, I have good news. It's okay. Everyone sitting next to you has done the same thing. It's messed up. And God is the same to them as he'll be to you. He's waiting for you to come back with open arms. There's a, a word in Psalms. The word is sila. It's S-E-L-A-H. It's a musical term. It means a break or a pause. It's a time for reflection. So you'll see it. If you read the, through the book of Psalms, as I would encourage you to do that as we go through the series. It'll be four weeks long. If you read through the book of Psalms, there's this word sila. 
And it just means, hey, take a break and just reflect for a second on what you're reading. So we're going to do that over this four weeks. We did that last week. We'll do it today, too, is we're going to take a 60-second break. And we're just going to reflect on who God has made you to be. If you feel a little bit lost this morning, if you feel disconnected from God, he's waiting for you. He's waiting to hear from you again. Prayer is simply saying, I don't have control, but God, I'm going to give it to you. So maybe if you haven't prayed in a long time, this is the time to reconnect, to pray again. So we're just going to take 60 seconds. You're going to be in your seat. We'll play some background music. Uh, it's just a time for you and God. This is a time just for, for you to give your heart to God and just have that conversation. Psalm 139, 23 through 24 says this, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So to this next song, uh, we're going to have this thing called communion. If you've never taken communion before, it's, uh, there's a, a cup over here to my left, your right. There's a, a cup of juice. In the top, if you peel it off, there's a piece of bread on the top. The bread symbolizes the body of Jesus who was broken for us. The cup symbolizes his blood who was spilled for us. And so we take this time, we do this once a month, we take this time just to remember what Jesus has done. Because the, the cross is everything. If Jesus died and was risen again, it changed everything. If it didn't happen, then nothing matters. But we know that God is with us. That Jesus died, that he rose. And so we, we take the moment just to remember that. But during this time also, we want him just to, to search us. To see if we have any anxious thoughts. To give those to God during this moment. So what's going to happen is we're going to play... Uh, our last song. And during this time, you can get up whenever you want to and just come grab a cup, take it back to your seat, and, and just have a prayer time between you and God. And then you take the bread, take the juice whenever you're ready. We're going to play one more song. Thank you for enjoying the message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at journeynorthcounty.org. Thank you once again for being part of our family, and we'll see you next time.